Welcome to The Grow Show with me as your host, Joe Camerato. I am an entrepreneur who created my company, National Business Capital, from literally $0 out of my spare bedroom to over $2 billion in business loans secured for entrepreneurs nationwide. Since 2007, I have seen just about every type of business. I provide money and help entrepreneurs access capital to scale fast, but I also know that it's possible for you, as you scale, to replace yourself to build systems, processes, and great teams of people that can live on without you so you can actually enjoy your life and your company can still grow. I will not only tell you the peaks and valleys of my story, but I will also bring on world-class entrepreneurs to tell their stories and share their lessons on their growth journeys. Welcome to The Grow Show. All right. Well, welcome to The Grow Show. With me is your host, Joe Camberato, and super excited. You know, this show is all about people growing, making it happen, and super excited for the guest today, you know, to have Coach Michael Burt on the show. And what I love about Michael is not only is he growing, he's helping others grow and be leaders um, of themselves and in their own industries. So uh, thank you for coming on the show today and appreciate you being here, Michael. Yeah, thank you, man. I love the concept. Grow by Joe. I love it. <laughs> it's all about growing. And I think yeah. uh, you probably know that all too well. Yeah. You know, I guess, uh, you know, you know, we were talking a little bit and, and you know, what what makes you, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there today, right? And, and, and you know, I think it's important when you're getting your advice or using a coach, like, it's like, be careful where you get your advice from, right? Like there's gotta be like a proven track record. It's a crowded space today. And you know, what, what makes you different from all, you know, all the other coaches that, you know, out there, ones that are well-known or not. You know, I think, I think what makes us unique is our past and our past education, our past mentors, our past breakdowns. I was really a, a coach. I was really a basketball coach. I had to take people from all walks of life, all socioeconomic backgrounds. I had to blend them into a team. But what I really started studying when I was 18 years old was how to inter engineer people and build competitive intelligence in people. And that has a lot to do with intangibles, trust, chemistry, buy-in, leadership, things that are hard to measure. But when you see it, you recognize it, right? So from 18 to 25, I was a deep disciple of Covey. Uh, Covey was teaching me how to get people to play at the highest possible level from ha seven habits of highly effective people. But also I was learning how to tap into the body, the mind, the heart and the spirit of a person. And I would sum all of that up into building like kind of a competitive intelligence is my players just were smarter than other people's players. They were more connected. They knew how to win. They had higher degrees of discipline, emotional intelligence, which is why we begin to win so many games as a basketball coach. And that was my training ground for people, right? And I and that that's really what kickstarted my career in in business. Is so many business people were always asking me how I was getting my players to play at such a high level, and they wanted their workers to work at that level. <laughs> that's a, you know that's exactly right. That's like the the golden uh, question. Yeah. But, but you know that's actually pretty amazing. Like how at I mean eighteen years old. I mean, damn. I wish that I got in. You know, I'm big into like mindset, pushing myself um, and controlling my emotions. And, you know, what how at 18, like what was that by chance that someone recommend? Like, how did you, you know, go into that, you know, go into that direction from such a young age? Yeah, when I was 15 years old, I was in an honor society and they part of my training for that honor society is they sent me to the Broyhill Leadership Academy in North wow. Carolina. And it was one week with other kids I didn't know. 
and nothing but pouring leadership into us. And I had never really been exposed to, you know, thinking like that. And I kind of had this big epiphany early in life, man, I want to lead people. I want to, I want to be up front. I want to inspire. I want to coach. And I was actually coaching basketball at that time and junior pro basketball. And then at 18, I became a head coach of, a, of an elementary team while I was in college. At 19, I got asked to come to the second largest high school in Tennessee as an assistant while I was in college. And then at 22, I became the head coach at the second largest high school in Tennessee. And I, and I was the youngest head coach in the state of Tennessee at the second largest high school. And so I just was fascinated by how do I take people and get them to a higher level of performance? I was fascinated by the motivational side, by the intrinsic side. And uh, I, I really became known for that. But to your question, I went to a coaching clinic because that's what coaches do. They go, <laughs> right in those days, it was going and seeing guys like Patino and, you know, these great basketball coaches. And they would say certain things you know, do this, do this. And as a young coach, one of those coaches said, you know, you should go to the bookstore today and pick up a copy of the seven habits of highly effective people. And he was teaching all of his players, those seven habits. And I thought, man, this is fascinating. So I went to the bookstore, got the book, read it, mastered it, went and got certified in it. And then I began teaching my players these habits, which was, this was the early, late nineties, early two thousands. It was really, uh, it was way out there. Let me just say that. Okay. Yeah. 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 None of this, there was no access. Like you didn't get to, there was the access to all this stuff today. It's just unbelievable. None of this shit was around when we were growing up. Like, and if you talked about it, it was like this woo woo, like no one, no, everyone's ego is way too big and and no one was, people just weren't vulnerable like they are today. Yeah. It's uh, it's really wild. You know, what, what amazes me about that though, is how much access there is today and, and how still so many people don't, like take advantage of it, you know, and, and blame, make excuses and everything else. Uh, it's just, I mean, you can get it almost everywhere today for free. You know, uh, it's just, it's just really wild, you know, so it's well, amazing. Well, you, that it, it, but, you know, when you pay, you pay attention and it's like, you know, you're a, a big, yeah. a, a Tony Robbins uh, a disciple. And, you know, the truth is you can watch Tony Robbins on YouTube if you want to, and, and you yeah. can think you're getting it, but you have, paid yeah, to be yeah. in the room and it's and the experience of being in the room you know Game is changer. totally, totally yeah. different yeah um, as i tell people i used to go to coaching clinics joe and just watch how patino walked in the room like there's something to be learned how somebody that confident walks in a room there, there's something to be learned by their mannerisms there's something to be learned you know i'm right in the middle of this big book launch right now and we're trying to have the uh, make it a wall street journal bestseller and it's really trending it's trending that way and in the pre-sales and, you know, the first, I mean, I've, this is my 17th book, Joe. Like it wow. really, took, it really took me paying 14. It's it. <laughs> 17. I'm just I'm kind of lazy and unmotivated, but, but it took me paying 14,000 bucks to spend three hours with the guy who had launched 10 bestsellers. And until I paid the money to get in the room, I didn't know how to do it. Which, exactly is why, right. which is why some of the books were Amazon bestsellers, but they weren't Wall Street Journal bestsellers because I really didn't know the formula. And so for all the people out there, to your point, when you pay, you pay attention. And a commitment's not a commitment unless it's backed up by time and energy and money and a resource. It, it, it's not really committed if you don't, yeah. if you don't commit those things. I couldn't agree more with that. And, and, and without, you know, I, I, you know have, I pay and I constantly pay to show up with, you know, whether it's, you know, Tony Robbins stuff or, other consultants, advisors, areas that I want to be better in in my business, in my life. And, you know, there, there's, 
you know, you, you know, you can get all this stuff, but there's realness to that. And when you do it with the right people, that's super important. Um, what's amazing though, is when you do pay and show up and you, you know, immerse yourself, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, just, you know, immersing yourself when you do then listen to maybe some of that free stuff that's out there, it triggers something and kind of puts you back into whether it was, you know, being at one of those events. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it almost just enhances what maybe you already learned and is a, you know, is a good reminder, but there's nothing like immersing yourself and, and showing up. Study so, math, study mastery. I mean, I think the best book on mastery was Robert Greene on mastery. And, and really, if you study mastery, which is a lost art in today's society, uh, four to seven years studying under a mastery, under a master, four to seven years practicing what you see the master do, four to seven years actually, be, you know, becoming a master. You add it all up. Then, then you look at the number of years people really study under someone and they don't just practice a little bit more than other people. They practice significantly more than other people to really master something. And that's kind of lost in today's instant gratification world, right? That's the problem. I, you know, I, I, some, I have this talk with my team, you know, and, you know, especially some of the, 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 the younger generation, you know, it's like a little thing I do in some of my, you know, new onboarding, you know, when, when people come in and say, you know, who, who here's used Amazon, who's here has used Google, right? Everyone like looks at me and I go, well, you're kind of screwed, right? And they're like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, you order something and it's on your doorstep, sometimes the same day now in hours. You can look anything up and get it, you know, the answer instantly. And, you know, um, you order food, it's there. You order a car, it's there. I mean, it's like everything, right? But the reality is it's not normal in like mastering a career, a skill. And, um, and you know, and, and I talk about this because even, you know, we see people come into our company, they want instant results. And the reality is we, I've got people that have been here for 10 years and they've built out a career and do extremely well. Um, but you know, it just, it doesn't happen overnight, you know, and, and everyone wants that instant success. Um, and, and, and you, and, and you, it's crazy. You just said, you know, four to seven years, you tell someone to do something for four to seven years. Now they're like, what are you out of your mind? And they think it's so long and, and, and four to seven years is nothing in the grand schemes of building a great business or career or whatever, you know? So it's just, it's just always, uh, it's just, it's just wild to me. And it's something I talk about my kids and, I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, and I yep. talk about that with my daughter now, seven. You know, um, and and I and I think I, I think even what you were saying earlier, I wanted to say is, you know, it, it's amazing. Like you went to leadership school at fifteen, and I think today, like a lot of people, a lot of parents miss that. They like shelter their kids. Like I remember doing things as a like young kid, like you know, uh, go like being in the city with my mom and running up and grabbing something in a building at nine years old. Like you would never, like people just don't let their kids do things. They, they shelter them. And, and I think they like delay their growth. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, I, I think about this now and I'm already having certain conversations with my daughter at seven and like excited now after you saying that to like look into some leadership thing to her when she's 14, 15 years old. And I, and I think a lot of parents wouldn't even think of sending their kids away to go do something like that because they're so scared. Um, meanwhile, when you did that, you didn't have an iPhone with you and maybe you called your mom once a week or something, yeah. you know? So. Well, and the truth is I was scared. You know, we developed a concept called success school, which is six weeks with a coach trained by me. We teach the kids the habits of the top 1% of performers. And then they come to a boot camp with me here at my lodge, 8,000 square foot lodge in Tennessee. 
And we, wow. we modeled we modeled that after you know I started looking back in my life, Joe, and like what what gave me an advantage? What was it? And I kept going back to coaches, right? As early as six years old, having coaches, I, and I kept going back to that leadership camp at fifteen. And wow. I said, and I said because I was a high school coach, we should be doing things for kids. So we developed success school. Uh, I said I wanted to be the curriculum is the habits of the top one percent, which are which are remarkable boldness, intrinsic motivation, connection, grit and resilience, and the ability to lock in and see something through to its conclusion. Okay, these are the habits of the top performers in the world. And I said, okay, we're going to teach kids ten to it's ten to seventeen, seventeen to twenty two. They get six weeks with the coach. I even brought in a performance psychologist to work with them on one to one things if if they need that. Like my daughter's working with the performance. Uh, psychologist right now. She's 10 years old. And I hired her specifically to help her regulate her emotion, learn how to stay calm when she gets in anxiety. You know, these things that I recognize that, hey, I'm her dad, although I'm a performance coach, I'm her dad. She needs somebody coaching her in these things. And and, and so the way I position is a sweetheart, I'm going to get you a coach. She's a great performance coach. She was actually a a women's basketball coach with with a psychology PhD. And she first thing she did was assessments to see where she's actually at, check her learning styles, did a Colby index, you know, look at all that. And then she designs the coaching to coach my daughter so she can maximize her potential. And, you know, and I think, man, if I started that early, where will she be at 30 if she finds her talents at 10? Where will she be? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we got people in that. I think about that all the time because I didn't find a lot of this stuff till I was in probably my mid to late twenties, um, which I still, you know, was, was, you know, you know, was, was awesome. Um, some people never find it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's amazing. I I couldn't agree more. And I I don't think it's too early to start, you know, I want to talk about your book, you know, flip the switch. And, but before I get into that, like, just curious, like, when did you flip the switch? Because you went from, you know, high school basketball coach, which you're obviously doing really well and crushing it from a young age. But when did that flip, uh, that switch flip for you, you know, where you went from high school basketball coach to then coaching, you know, entrepreneurs and, and really crushing it in business. When I was, when I was 25 years old, something told me to write a book and I don't, and, and what told me to write the book was people were constantly asking me, what are you doing with those kids? Like it was consistently, Okay, and it was the the biology teacher would come down. What are you doing with these kids? The math teachers, what are you doing with these kids? Uh, People in the community. And I I, I started to say, man, I got time to explain this. Um, Inner engineering them, which they thought I flew in from another planet. Uh, You know, building competitive intelligence. I'm teaching on the habits of seven habits. But it became so, so often that people were asking me. I just sat down and wrote a book. And my very first book was called Changing Lives Through Coaching. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know what I was doing, but I wrote it. And I actually wrote it for coaches, but coaches didn't buy it. Okay. Cause I was 25. I was a competitor to them. They had too what much. What did you know? <laughs> yeah. What does this kid know? Although I'm kicking their butt, you know? Yeah. And, and working uh, twice as hard as people twice right. your age, just like so, I was. <laughs> but somehow, one of my former students, uh, her husband, one of my former student athletes, her husband was a manager at Dell Computers. And Dale at that time was the biggest, you know, this was back in the early 2000s. So it was actually bigger than Apple at that time. Dale was the main computer. And so, you know, she just came to me one day and said, my husband wants you to speak to all of his managers of the small business 
a division of Dale. And I said, sure, you know, I go down. He wants to teach him how to win, how to be motivated. <clears throat> and I went down and spoke for an hour and I got finished. And he said, man, that was good. Our people loved it. He's like, we want you to come back. And I'm like, what do you mean? You want me to come back? And he's like, you know, we want you to come back. Would you consider coaching our people? And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not, into, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a basketball coach. Like I don't want to coach you. <laughs> and, and we kind of got in a little bit of argument, which is what's so funny in the story. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like we're Dale computers. Like I'm asking you to come back and, I'm like, no, man, thank you for buying my little book. Had no idea about monetization at that time. And uh, he said, <laughs> he finally said, fine, here's your check. And he gave me a check and I opened it up. It was more in an hour than I made in a month. So I made wow. more than one hour. And, I, and so I went home that night <clears throat> and I was like, okay, I have, a ta I have a talent. I have a skill. The marketplace will reward that skill over here at about 40 or 50,000 a year working 80 hours a week over here. I made more in one hour than I made in a, in a, in a, in a month. And I started having these questions and I started saying, maybe I can do this, man. What does this wow. look like? And so I started studying coaches who spoke. And at that time, Joe, it was, it was Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz was out giving speeches. He was the head coach at Notre Dame, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. You know, as kind of a side gig to them, they were out giving talks around the country. And I would look down in the corner and it would say speaking fee, 100000 This is back in the early 2000s. I'm like, I'm like, what? They're making $100,000 to go talk about winning? And I'm like, <laughs> and like I love doing this. this yeah. is I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. And so it yeah. started off as a, as a side hustle. I would go speak here and there, sometimes for money, sometimes not for money. And when I was about 30 years old, and we really started to win. We won about 75% of the games I coached. Um, when, when, we, when I really won a championship and built kind of this national championship team, I would go speak. And, and they started saying, we want you to coach our company. And they would say, I would say, well, what's that look like? Because I had no idea. And, and the first person said, we're going to pay you 144000 12000 a month. And I'm like, what? 12000 a month for me to do this? And I was making, at my peak, sixty grand. OK, so now I'm, wow. now I'm gone from this to these people are offering me, you know, one hundred and forty four thousand to coach. It just totally blew my mind. And after I won a championship, um, the school would go on to win seven more championships after I retired. And wow. so I retired at thirty one years old and I started at, at first a speaking company. OK, that's all I did. I go speak. And but very quickly they would say, will you coach us? And I'd be like, what's that look like? And they'd say, well, we're going to pay this, you know, six figures. So all of my first contracts, literally my first year was, you know, 120,000, 140,000, 150,000. And that was for me to go in and take their people and coach their people. Be like me coming into your company and you saying, Hey, I, I think we can make 4 million more dollars if you coach our people. And I would go in there and coach their people for a year. We almost always, matter of fact, we always got better results because now they had a coach. Sometimes it was as much as 40% new revenue in a one-year cycle. And it's when you do that for a few people, man, they start telling everybody. And it's yeah. like, you got to hire this dude. And so then I became kind of a corporate coach that came in and got results, kind of like a Navy SEAL specialist. Nice. And I kind of got tired of it. And I'm like, man, uh, is there a better way? What if I coach people in boot camps? What if they paid? What if I did it on my terms? What if, you know, and I started kind of developing my coaching programs and, and that's really where it took off as well. That's amazing. You know, it's amazing. And, and, and it's amazing too, how, how, you know, how young you were and how that, 
you know, switch flipped, you know, for you. And it's also kind of a reminder too, I think, you know, as, you know, uh, as, you know, we grow and, and get older, you know, sometimes like I, I see a lot of older people, a lot of new young and up and comers. And, and I always remind myself about this new people starting on my team, my company, like you just, just cause someone's younger, like you just never know. And to not have that ego and dis, you know, discount, hmm. you know, like what, like it's very easy to do to dismiss a younger person. Like, what do they know? And, 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 you know, my whole life, I was always the younger guy, you know, that had jobs that typically were for, you know, people that were twice my age. And I was always the one running around hustling, working hard and, you know, had more sales, you know, than they did. And, and so I, I always remind myself about that because I never want to be that guy that dismissed people because I think as you get older, you know, things change and, and you might miss out on, you know, yeah. uh, opportunities and, or learning something, you know, as the market changes, you know, TikTok comes out, you don't have no clue about it. Yeah. It's very easy to dismiss these things versus, you know, you know, learning and, and, and not saying, you know, someone's of a certain age that they don't have, they have no clue. Well, well, so. To that point, you know, I, I really, one of the things I'm looking for right now is what I call as a talent acquisition manager. And the reason is I, I, I attract so many talented people. Like you, like it, they're just everywhere. And they're everywhere from 18 years old to 50 years old or 70 years old. And they're just talented people who are undercapitalized, who have a talent, but they don't know how to apply that talent to the world. And, and yeah. I feel like there's millions of dollars that could be made if I had one person who every time I, I every time I came across a real talented person, I'd be like, follow up with that person, get them into our system, put them over here in my insurance agency, put them over here in my coaching company, put them over here in the real estate holdings, whatever. Like take them and put them into their role and and find a way for them to make money and us to make money. And I literally like like I see so many talented people that I just want to put my arms around and go, let me let me coach you and mentor you, and you can really boom blow up yeah crush it that's a really great idea and, and you're definitely on to something like that and and you're right there's you know there's really great you know everyone has some you know millennials gen z but there's people that want to hustle work hard and do good and you know maybe they haven't grown up in the best situation um mm -hmm. and no one's ever led them down even if they've grown up in a good situation sometimes people just aren't you know a great situation but their parents are off in their own world and no one's leading them down the right path so I, I definitely think that you're onto something there. And listen, you got the platform, you've got the other businesses and, and places to put people. Um, I, th I think that's amazing. I think you should talk about that more and you'd probably attract even, even more talent. Um, it's really great idea. And, and Hey, listen, if they're, if they're in Long Island, New York, if you want to send them my way, I've got the platform where they can work as well too. And yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're looking for talented people. I think, uh, I think it's a great idea and, and not for nothing it could be an idea whether it's for your own businesses or others, but there's, there's, there's something there. Cause you know, the, the, the typical recruiting companies today just don't, they just don't work, you know? Um, and, uh, well, you got me thinking really many years ago, I had a program and it was the right idea. It, it was not executed correctly. I didn't have the right person running it, but the concept was called talent supply. And the concept was, uh, initially Joe has people, he wants them to be talented. He wants them to be, they, you send them to me for 90 days. I send them back with batteries included and they come <laughs> nice. back and they, know, and they know how to show up. They know they got prey drive. They got grit and resilience. They know how to anticipate like they're stone cold killer machines. Okay. Then I started going, you know, what we should really be doing. This is what I'm revisiting now 
is like having a division called talent supply where t- young talented people come to us we we mature them and get them ready to go into the workplace and then and you say man i need 10 of them i'm like all right here's your 10 and they're all ready to go they've been coached by us they've been trained like they went to navy seal school with us and they're like ready to go you know that's yeah that's what i see i love it now there's definitely there's definitely something there it's worth thinking about it's uh it's pretty interesting actually and and would be happy to talk with you more about it <clears throat> Yeah, man. And, and let's talk about that, though. You know, the prey drive, you know, that's this is in your book. You yeah. talk about it. But what, what what's prey drive? I, I, I just I got to understand this. Yeah. Prey drive. And, and the reason we called the book Flip the Switch is is because not everybody would understand prey drive. I actually didn't understand what it was. Forty one years old. I was in a workshop with a Vietnam veteran and I had a coaching student said, man, you got to go get in a workshop with this dude. He focused on mindset, subconscious mind and. And I'm like, okay, I'm open. It's on a Saturday. And I get there, and he was a former Vietnam veteran who grew up in the uh, Oklahoma Sooners football locker room. So from a time he was a kid, he was in the locker room with football. You know, back when Oklahoma was the best. So he kind of witnessed and observed this. And then he went to the military, and they put him in the war dog division of the Vietnam War, which is where you walk ahead of the infantry with a dog. And the dog's job is to sniff out bombs, booby traps, ambushes. And he kept talking about the dog having a prey drive, P-R-E-Y-D-R-I-V-E. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what is he talking about? And I was with my wife and I I just, I Googled it. And I'm like, what is, what the hell is this dude talking about? And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, it, and I, here's the definition. Animal's ability to stalk, capture, and kill prey. That's prey drive. It is wow. an animal's ability to see it, stalk it, pursue it. And I go... That's that's a great salesperson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? like, that's what I want. And, yeah, and, and yeah. Then I had this big revelation. It was like this is what I've been doing my whole life. Is I think humans have a prey drive. It has, but it has not been activated, or it has been deactivated. And so I started drawing it up that day. Humans' ability to see it with the eyes or in the mind, and have the persistence and the intensity to pursue it. And then I begin to codify it, break it down, turn it into a science, pull in some of the subconscious mind, how to activate it every day. And then I wrote a book on it called Flip the Switch. That's awesome, man. And I love it. First off, I don't know if I would have want to be that guy with the dog, like going walking <laughs> no. ahead of everybody else. Like sniffing no, out think bombs. about that. Think so about God that. bless that guy and that dog. That's, that's amazing. But, but yeah, I think we all have that prey drive in us and, 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 and definitely some more than others. And, and, and I, I think about this all the time, you know, Mike, is like, do some people just have it and just like, I definitely some people have more prey drive numbers for, for sure. But I feel like some people have it and some people just don't. Like, do, do you think that everyone can activate it or are there just some people where it's like, no matter what you do, what you say, they just, it's just not in, like, it's just not in their DNA. You know, this is a great question, and and there's a lot of a lot of study on this. You know, nature, nurture, different people have. Are you born with it? I mean, I definitely think genetics have something to do with it. I mean, a lot of my prey drive came from a single mom. You know, hustling, Same scrapping here. for everything. It, and it, yep. and I observed, I observed that as a kid. Like, we don't whine, we don't complain, we don't make excuses, we show up. And so, I, I have to say that a lot of it is obviously uh, environment. 
is an activator of prey drive in a lot of people. Exposure mm. is an activator for a lot of people. Like you take your kids, if they, if you take them and they see things with their eyes early in life that exposes them to a better life, then that could activate their drive and say, I want to do that. I want to become that. Like I, you know, so I think when I looked at activators of the drive, I started going, you know, fear could be an activator. Uh, competition could be an activator. Environment could be an activator. Exposure could be an activator. And actually embarrassment could be an activator. When you are embarrassed by your level of performance versus where you're capable of being, that could activate you to go do something. So that's really what the book is about. It's like phases, activators. How do you activate it every day? I love it. And I, I, I'm just thinking about that and hearing you say it. I think there's been all these different moments and points in my life that have activated my prey drive, you know, right. and, and continue to. Um, I, I love it. It's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on today. And yeah. and I, I encourage, you know, everybody out there to go, you know, flip the switch and get uh, Michael's uh, book. Um, I can't wait to uh, to check it out. You know, Michael, how, first off, how can they go and get a copy of this book and how do folks learn more about Coach Michael Burke? I think the best way, if they go to my website to, to decomplicate it, it's coachbert.com, C-O-A-C-H-B-U-R-T.com. Right in the middle at the top of the page, it says pre-order, flip the switch. And the reason they want to go that route versus straight to Amazon is that when you pre-order it that way, we give you a, a, a lot of bonuses. We give you some free coaching. We give you day a day with me in January. We give you oh, wow. access, yeah, we give you 90 days of what I call pray drive for lunch every Wednesday. We give you all these incentives just to buy the book. So you go there, you put your information in, you, it redirects you to Amazon. You come back and put your receipt number in there uh, and it'll be very easy to, for you to do. And then boom, you get all these extras with me, which turns out to be thousands of dollars of coaching. Uh, when people get up into buying 250 copies of the book, I put them on, my, I put them on the private jet with me. And they get to fly with me somewhere in the country when I speak. I mean, there's all kinds of cool things. Uh, today, I was coaching a woman here who came to my lodge from Texas who bought 250 copies of the book. And she said, if I buy 250, will you coach me for six hours on building my business? And I said, you know what? I, I, I admire your remarkable boldness. So you got it. You buy the 250 and you get six hours with me. And man, it was just an incredible morning working with her. So I really reward people who take action and who are bold. That's good stuff. Well, I'm going to go take some action. I'm going to check that out, and I might be flying with you on your uh, on your private jet. So there you go. Good, good stuff, man. I, I, again, I really appreciate you being on. Everybody watching, uh, go flip the switch, go activate that prey drive, and most importantly, make sure you keep growing. Thanks for tuning in to the Grow Show. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode with me, uh, Grow by Joe and uh, Coach Michael Burt. Thanks again, Michael. Thank well, you. And, uh, happy holidays to you.